0: is planted a podcast that encourages us to be rooted and grounded in jesus christ and established in the faith today pastor matt tackles our introduction to the biblical doctrine of predestination and reminds us that it is all about the glory of god Good day, everyone. This is Pastor Matt Grimm. I'm here with Thad Kino. What's going on, Thad? Uh, there's lots happening, and I'm excited about the podcast today. We're going to be talking about predestination and election. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: So welcome to the Planet Podcast. We are. I don't know if we'll get all the way to election today or not. There's a lot just on predestination, but <laughs> um, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Uh, but we, we ended last time. Uh, again, th- this current season, we're Bringing around uh, topics, discussions around the reformed faith, uh, because we we are here at a a Presbyterian church, we hold to the Westminster Confession of Faith, and we uh, are covenantal in our theology and reformed. And so, uh, with that, you know, comes various things, and this this is one of those topics that you know people would strongly associate with, and and we want to do a good job of talking about it, hopefully in a healthy way. and and last time we actually uh, we began talking things about kind of big picture things of sovereignty and and providence last last time right. about God's provision and very much that uh, provision for all things His provision in creation but also then His provision in redemption uh, and and so uh, with that you can't get very far in talking about God's provision and redemption without getting into predestination because. A predestination is God's foreordained, his pre-thought-out you know, plan to redeem his world. And as we're going to look at today in Ephesians, we see that that happened before the beginning of the world. And we actually talked about that some you know, last time, the amazing idea of that. We're going to get into more of this. But it, before we get into some of this and start reading some scripture, and uh, this is one of those words that I think uh, even a lot of Christians uh, people who would say, you know, they, they trust in Jesus alone for their salvation. You use the word predestination and they get squirmy. They get uncomfortable. Right. Um, and so, uh, and which I think is unfortunate because it shouldn't be that. It, it comes from the goodness of God's word and, and so forth. So, but just, you know, as you think about this, because you're a, a former, um, you know, Wesleyan in, in, you were a part of the Nazarene church and, and stuff. even when you converted from Catholicism, right. And so just, you know, what's your experience with, with this, the, you know, when maybe in your own life, but even thinking about friends, um, church members and stuff that when the P word comes out, that there's, you know, uh, this reaction.
0: Right. Well, I think that, um, there's certainly a lot of angst that comes up and, uh, rightly so for some degree, because it's a difficult topic. I mean, right. I mean, it, it goes against some of our human intuition mm. of, uh, of what our free will, um, is capable of and, and whatnot. And, that, and so there a lot of friction can come to play, but You know, one thing that I'm really glad that you brought up is uh, the Wesleyan side of of things, which is John Wesley when we refer to that, are groups like the Nazarenes, the Methodists, and whatnot. And then there's uh, the Reformed side, which is going to be more like the Calvinistic side Mm -hmm. of things, which are the Presbyterians and some of the Reformed Baptists that that separate that topic. But one thing that we should say, and this would include uh, Roman Catholics, is that um, as biblical Christians— all of us and all of three groups that we were just mentioned um, believe in predestination. Right. And the reason for that is, is because it's in the Bible. Right. Right. And yeah. so that is something that uh, we should take comfort in. Right. Um, and the the groups, uh, when they take the scripture as their primary authority, as, uh, uh, as God being the author of scripture, will handle that. In a means to handle it to the glory of God, right to yeah. the best of their ability, right. what's good with their conscience. And so the question becomes: Well, if there's two opposing views, which we're going to be discussing uh, probably, uh, is what do you do with 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 those things? Right. Um, what do we do with where we where we intersect or where we we could butt heads? Right. And it really begins to understanding again. Um, the first cause, which is the sovereignty of God and all these things, right? right? And so if we start with that and keep that ever poignant in our discussion, we're going to do a lot better to have in harmony in the scriptures.
1: Yeah, and I think it's important as we think about this, and this will lead into a little bit of our discussion, is that it is for the glory of God. It's actually what he says in the scriptures when he gives us this, especially, like think, of, of Paul, and we're going we're to kind of settle in beginning in Ephesians 1, where it's used three times, I think, um, that we find that he can't talk about the predestination of God's predestining work. Without talking about his glory, <laughs>
0: yeah. That, when you when you <laughs> right. said that, of course, it, it rings so true. But I had not really ever put yeah. that together. So each time, right. again, that he's saying yeah. predestination or right um, or,
1: or yeah, brings it. He pretty soon, within a few phrases, he's getting into this because, again, as we talk about God's providence, when we talk about His sovereignty. It is for His glory. So. We're, so we're going to actually spend a decent amount of time talking about glory today as well because I think to get the right get our mind in the right framework the the purpose of pre this of predestination is is to to see this in the glory of God. Before we go there, let's go ahead and read the scripture to let it lead us in the direct direction and show that. So, um we're going to Again, our, our kind of starting point here is going to be Ephesians 1, verses 3 to 14. And this is in, introductory into Paul's letter. So after he gives his greeting, he, to, he, he says, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Lord Jesus Christ. He then talks about the spiritual blessings we have in Christ. So his, in his greeting and introduction into the whole book, which in a lot of ways, a lot of these themes are what he's going to elaborate on through the rest of the, of the letter, is... He's talking about blessing from God that is found in Christ, and in doing so, he has to talk about the plan of God from before creation, right? So so all that in context is blessing of God, giving blessing and praise to God in Christ. And so think about that which is praiseworthy. That's why I bring this up. What is praiseworthy in your mind, right? And, and so um, God is praiseworthy, and so... If we keep that in our mind, I think that's going to help us with predestination, mm-hmm. right? Um, so, that if you would, why don't you read uh, through verse 10, and I'll pick up in verse 11, and we'll share our reading today.
0: Sure. Starting in verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places,
1: who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. In him also you also, when you heard the word of truth, that gospel of your salvation, and believed in him, were sealed with the promised Holy Spirit, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. Let me pray for us. Father God, as we... Um, investigate your word as we make our observations and seek uh, the right interpretation of these things. Lord, we know that we need your spirit. And so we ask, Lord, for your help to be our counselor. And I pray, the Lord, that the meditation of our hearts and the words that come out of Thad and I's mouth today would be to the praise of your glory. And if there's anything that isn't, Lord, may you keep them inside. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right, so um, I guess the word predestination is just used twice, I think, uh, but in a couple other places we have the choosing before the foundation of the world. That's related to election, but again, it's a if it's before the foundation of the world that it's it's pre it's pre creation, right? Right. So in that sense, there's a predestination there, and then also we have in. Um, Interestingly, in ten verse ten is a plan for the fullness of time, which again is that plan is, is related to that. So, in some senses, while with the words used twice, we have almost like four references um, related here. So, it, at least in my little brain, I see it that way. So, um, but let's 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 begin with this whole idea because I think we talked a little bit about this even last time. I'm trying to remember about the the. The choosing before the foundation of the world,
0: right? Right. Before we Um, do that, um, I was thinking that um, we've said the the word uh predestined or predestination. Right. Um, Maybe we look at a definition of, of what that is. And so I pulled up... Uh, a couple of different definitions. When I say predestination, or when mm-hmm. I when I think of that, you have a prefix, which is pre, yeah. and then you have destination. And yeah. so if we just think of the destination beforehand, pre meaning right. beforehand, right? So this is, um, in Christian theology, the divine foreordaining of all that will happen, especially with regard to the salvation of some and not others, all right? And it says that this... Um, What's your reference here what to the- this is just out of the the, the dictionary. Uh, um, 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 I had Britannica down, but okay, I just pulled that out, and then I have okay. then I, I have a Britannica. So the, just a, yeah, just a general definition, dictionary. right? Okay. And yeah, so, right, be, right. because I think. Okay. First of all, I think um, they recognize that it's a Christian doctrine yep. in, in, in re- regardless, right? And there might be some, there's more to it, but I just wanted yep. to pull that out. And then in Britannica, though, which we all know Britannica, mm-hmm. um, it says in Christianity, the doctrine that God has eternally chosen those whom he intends to save. So yeah. same same way of saying it, right? Same, yeah, pr- same it's principle. Interesting.
1: It's interesting that they do that, they, they, that, that, that to, because that dictionary is, I think, very much jumping into election, in a lot of ways. Well,
0: right? I, that, and I said that originally when I came yeah. in, before we started the podcast, right. that you can't really talk about one without the other. They, right. they very much go hand in hand, yeah. but um, then you started to explain. And of course you have to define your terms a little bit, right? right. And, um, and yeah, and, I, and
1: I, and, I, and I, before the podcast got started again, sometimes that, and I can't remember where the, when the conversation started. <laughs> Are we recording I, now? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. um, is that, yeah. I I often view predestination almost as a bigger category um, because it is the, uh, the whole entire plan, which a part of that obviously is the choosing of of people to be a part of it. But but if if we look at it here, that what did he choose before the foundation of the world? That we should be holy and blameless before him, right? right. In love he predestined us, so it's very much about us. But it's through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of his will. So we see the purpose of his will and the the plan there was this plan before the foundation of the world in Christ that he would need to save us. you know so and in, in, in reconcile us. And it all goes those all the way
0: back to the divine initiative and yes. that that um, right. Triune relationship that 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 existed before he created anything, before God created yeah. anything, right? And that plan, that eternal plan that we've talked about, right? And it was a purpose, and it was a purpose for um, a people that he was going to create. And so we can never separate, we want to remember this, that we can never separate um, those who will believe from the eternal plan.
1: Yes. And there's this bigger idea of the all of creation. Why would God create everything in the first place? Which, of course, man is the crown and glory of that, which we'll, we'll talk about in a little bit, that... It, mankind is fit within that bigger thing; therefore, election and choosing of mankind is fit within the, even the bigger plan of of predestination. Uh, back to definitions, uh, I, I have here the, the definition of the Greek word that's being used here, prohorizo. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and it 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 it, can, it varies a little bit based on context and what's going on, but it's used in the sense of coming. Um, the word protasso, to arrange beforehand. Protitami is to propose, to use the, it's a cognate of, of prothesis, to propose a plan, okay? Which we see that in Romans 8 28, 9 11, um, Ephesians 1 11, right here. Uh, the word uh, pro, the, the, the cognate prohotomazo, to prepare beforehand. Prokerizo, a appoint beforehand, Proke, prokeroteneo, choose beforehand, prolobepo, foresee. All these all these cognates that are there. So the the idea of that there is this deciding beforehand, right? Right, is a big part of this. Um, that now, why is that significant?
0: Go ahead. Well, I just. I... <laughs> I don't want to talk over you, of course, because you're saying so many great things, but um, it's interesting uh, in that Greek word that you use, Mm -hmm. um, it's used only in the scriptures here with God as the subject. Yes,
1: that's that's the point, right? That's exactly the point. God (laughs) is the subject. Now, within that plan, mankind's involved, and we're going to get to that. But the point is, is that God, when he created everything, he had a plan. Mm -hmm. And we hear that all the time. God has a wonderful plan for your life, right, right. and all this kind of stuff. Um, uh, you know, uh, I, I often tease sometimes when I want someone to do one, because the, the, the phrase is God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life, right?
0: Not, not do the dishes.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I'll <laughs> often joke, you know, God loves you and I have a wonderful plan for your life. You know, because I, want, cause right. I you, know, you know, and I think sometimes even people will... Quote, air quotes here, speak prophetically, you know, I have a word for you from God, and it's actually their word because they have something they want you yeah, to do, right? Whoa. But whole other thing. Um, but the point of predestination, again, to get back into this, is that God created this world with a plan, mm. right? He he chosen the before the foundation of the world, and that plan involved Jesus Christ. And so You cannot talk about predestination. You can't talk about God having a plan for the world. His providence in creating the world involved his special providence of Jesus. We talked about this last time in terms of like the the stadium. It was all created for the game on the field, right? Right. And that we're involved in that game. And the whole purpose of that game is at the end of the game— Jesus Christ gets all the
0: credit and glory right it's a situ- it's the situation <laughs> yes. for the person yeah right? and so that plan comes together and right. it, can- it cannot be denied right. it- it's what we call the decree of God
1: yes and so what Christian should have a problem with wanting give give praise and glory to Jesus? Mm.
0: Right, <laughs> right, right.
1: None of us, right now. So we might disagree a little bit on the details of what all is coming about, but I think the big picture, the big thing, and the even the aha moment again, as I was looking at this, is this is all for the praise of the glory of God. Which is interesting that again we opened up talking about Reformed theology and that we hold the Westminster Confession of Faith. What's the very first question?
0: <laughs> anyway, yeah, <laughs> right? what's the chief end of man?
1: Right to enjoy God and. Glorify him
0: yeah. forever, right? right? Yeah, to glorify yeah, to, God and enjoy, enjoy him forever. To glorify
1: God and enjoy him forever. Right. And so what does it mean? So I think really we need to stop um, and, and, and talk about this whole idea of glorifying God and what glory is really to get to the heart of predestination. Why? Because let's go back and just look real quick. He predestined us for adoption of sons through the Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will. Again, this purpose of God's will. God had a plan ahead of time. It's his will, his choice. He, he all figured out ahead of time, um, according to his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has blessed us in the beloved. So the, the end, the end means of this whole, of his plan, of his will, of his doing all this is Praise and glory. Okay, uh, if we jump down again, the uh, that we have in 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 this scene again in verse twelve. Um, after we see he being pretty with that. Having been predestined according to his purpose, that pre-planned purpose, Mm -hmm. he works all things according to the counsel of his will. Interesting, purpose and will tied to predestination here again. Mm -hmm. He says, so that we who were the first to hope in Christ might be to the praise of his glory. Right. Right. And then at the end in verse 14, the the, the giving of the Holy Spirit to guarantee our inheritance that we would actually have possession of and be a part of this plan, it says, to the praise of his glory that all of this is to the praise of his glory. Three times right here in, in these passages, we see that. And I may have even skipped something. I, I, yeah, I don't verse know.
0: 7, um, you, it, it says it again there. Yeah,
1: okay, there we go. I, I knew I was, I was hunting for it somewhere else. So yes, yeah, so we actually have it four times, right? So to really, before we start di- di- getting into dissecting predestination and some of these things, I think we need to talk about to the praise of his glory, mm. because... That's the end. that it was all for that purpose. He created all this. He had a he had a foreordained, predetermined plan for all this that would be to the praise of his glory. And so, um that in and of itself sometimes can make people uncomfortable, especially Americans uncomfortable. And I think we mentioned this even in previous episodes. But we want to talk again about is it bad for God to want his own glory? Because it's bad for us to want our own glory, right? We know that for humans um, that... Now, we actually do get some kind of glory out of this, but it's all reflective glory. It's reflective, it's all, right. yeah, all that. But um, and we were actually made for that, which we'll get into a little bit. But um, why is it good for God to be glory? So let me let me ask this question. Um, you played football. You still watch some football?
0: I do. Uh, very little, but I, I do watch okay. It.
1: okay. Yeah. I, I still like to watch football and stuff. If we see a spectacular catch, like a game-winning, touchdown, toe-dragging, back-of-the-end zone, remarkable catch, what do we like to do?
0: I like to dance a little bit.
1: Yeah, we we, we get excited about it.
0: We, <laughs> well you're not talking about me making a catch. No, the
1: no, <laughs> no. Well if you made the catch, sure. But I mean if we just if you just witness a catch, right. we talk about it. Right. Did you see that remarkable catch? Right. Right? Did you and we, we give it pray, we praise it and we want to talk about it, right? We in, in some sense we talk about its splendor, its wonder, right? And we saw a remarkable thing. We don't have problem talking about that. Right. What's, how much more would we, we want to talk about the glory of a good and gracious, wonderful God who's all wise and all perfect and all wonderful? Is there anything wrong with that?
0: No, but, you know, yeah. even in the example that you just gave of the incredible catch being made, yeah. if it were not for the sustaining power of God... <laughs> In <laughs> they even got all theological on my illustration, <laughs> I know, but I mean, right? I mean, yeah, right. we can't do anything right? exactly, you know, yeah, it right. re- re- requires God, and so yeah. who's going to get the ultimate glory? God, is, right? God right. is,
1: which is interesting because even a lot of players will actually just give you know, when they say, Tell me about that thing, but well, first, I want to give glory to God. Isn't that amazing? I'll tell you a quick yeah. story.
0: I, um, I played college football, yeah, up at Michigan Tech, and uh, played four years up there, and I was a believer um, um, ever since I was a child, so mm-hmm. it was not really anything about me, but uh, I noticed that my place kicker, I, was, uh, I, I held for extra points and field goals as one of my positions, um, and I noticed that my place kicker had a cross on his kicking shoe. Hmm. And I'm like, Pete, why do you have a cross on your kicking shoe? And he says, because I want to know that the last thing that I see is is the cross, and whether that ball goes through the uprights or I miss, Christ gets the glory, and how I act about that, right? Wow. It's just a game. Yeah. And so I adopted that, and um, I didn't put a cross on my shoe. I didn't I didn't have to do that. Yeah. But I can. I used to also return kickoffs, hmm. um, for for the team. I did that for for three years, and um, I can remember standing back there, you know, butterflies in your stomach before yeah. the first kickoff. And when the ball is coming, just thinking, this is all for you, God. And and even if I dropped the ball and it fumbled forward, yeah. that my first thought was, you know, God, you're still good, huh. right? And it, it changes everything um, in how you perform and your attitude throughout yeah. the game. And right. God deserves and should get the glory, and we shouldn't curse him for something that we're fallible for, right? Yeah. And so it, it was a really neat experience to go through that, and I've shared that with a few other athletes in my day uh, about, hey, if you're gonna be a, if you're gonna be a believer, yeah. it takes place in every aspect of your life, and it, and it continues on in our workplace as well, right? But anyways, going back to um, predestination, you know, God knew that I was gonna fumble that ball, <laughs> right? But He also knew that I was gonna hold to this day. Two right. two kickoff return records.
1: Right, interesting. Right, yeah, yeah, that is.
0: So isn't that is stupid. I mean, I was a slow. Right. I was kind of a slow guy. Didn't even deserve to be back there. <laughs> you had
1: good blockers.
0: I had incredible <laughs> blockers. I was just so scared of getting hit that I was, nobody could catch me. <laughs>
1: um, well, you know, it, it is interesting. It, it it's related. You you mentioned God knew you know ahead of time you know all those things, but of, of whether you know like. We often do talk about predestination. Did God know if I was going to drink this cup or I was going to do this? And of course He does. Yeah. But the point of the doctrine of predestination is is not necessarily about that. It's about the saving work of Jesus. It really is, right? And
0: and, be, and because you went down that path, one of the things that I was going to um, to say. Um, is just one more definition and this actually mm-hmm. comes from Webster's and this okay. is um, this is when it's going to throw in a a new idea ahead of predestination and it becomes the sticking point between our two thoughts so uh, okay. that we were talking about between the Wesleyan and the Calvinistic yep. viewpoints and it's going to be good that we talk about this uh, down the road we don't have to talk about it today yeah. but let me read this it just says that the doctrine of God of, of predestination, is that God, in consequence of his foreknowledge of all events, as you were just talking about, he infallibly guides those who are destined for salvation. Hmm. right? And so uh, we'll get to this when we read Romans 8, but the foreknowledge um, is ahead of the predestination, Mm -hmm. right? And that's got to be for a reason. So what some people would say is that that foreknowledge is just his knowledge of all things, that he he can see down the annals of time of what's going to happen. Right. And, and from that, he can predestine things. But it gets deeper than that, doesn't it?
1: It does, because I, I, that's, you know, and, and, and there is a sense in which, you know, here even in verse 4, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. You know, and, got, but, and God knows what he knows. Of course, he knows all things. But that's not really the emphasis, what I see here. The emphasis here is for the praise of his glory, and the praise of his glory is, is directly tied to the fact that he knew, yes, he did know, but he planned. Mm-hmm. It's not just that he knew, right, right. but he planned exactly before the foundation of the world to redeem humanity in Jesus, and it would be for the praise of his glory. And so the doctrine of predestination, we always right I understand logically why we do this, we tie it to God's foreknowledge and... And, and the whole discussion of man's will and all this kind of stuff. and, But the point is, is that the plan has to do with the glory of God, and he knew that to really have glory, that true praise and glory for himself that he wanted in the creation of all things was tied to the saving work of Jesus. And if we you know you know i remember having debates with people sometimes you know i just i just scratched my head did god plan for me to do that right. you know i think in some that we are emphasizing the wrong things when it comes to predestination now if we want to get into co- Talk about God's omniscience and foreknowledge and all those things. You know, we can have those discussions, but predestination is first and foremost about the saving work of Jesus, right. which is the ultimate praise and glory of God. That you know, if we if we go to Philippians two, right, very famous passage about about Jesus and his humility and the the fact that he he gave up he gave up in terms of becoming human. Mm-hmm. He left heaven, he becomes human. He looks not only to his own interest but the interests of others. Have, talking about us that we're to have the mind of Christ, that though he was in the form of God, he did not count a quality with God as something to be grasped, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a servant born in the likeness of man. All this is being planned ahead of time by God, right? Um, being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient at the point of death, even death on the cross. Verse 9, therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. The name above every name. So that in the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven, on earth, and under the... What is that? What is that bowing of of, of all of everything before Jesus? That's praise. Right? That's worship. That's the heavenly um, ag- acknowledgement of God. So the, the heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. So all beings that God created are bowing to Jesus. Um, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Why? To the glory of God the Father. The Father's glorified in the Son. Um the, and we could I think we could rightfully add the spirit in that right that the whole triune God is getting glory in the fact that Jesus died for sins mind blowing in, in in a sense but that but that's the point of predestination <laughs> right that we if you talk about predestination if we reduce predestination to talking about whether God knew I was going to pick my nose this morning is so denigrating in some senses, to what predestination is all about. Right. It's so much bigger. It's so glory, much bigger. It, it, right. You know, and so, and that's often where the human debates get into when it comes to predestination. What did God know? What didn't he know? Was I going to do this? To, am I losing my free will and being able to do this or that? And it, while you can get there, it, it's so far down the line. It, what, what it's really all about is Jesus coming in doing what he did. And that's where the glory lies. And I think in, when it gets back to humanity, if we want to understand our purpose in this world and our glory, which is a derived glory, we've talked about that before, This, it,
0: it, we can't understand it apart from what Jesus has done, right? Right. Absolutely. Right. And it goes also back to the glory of God. Um so earlier in Philippians, as you were doing your chapter two, I'm looking at chapter one, and it's it's talking again about what Christ has done and will do in us. And it says in verse six that I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work yes. in you will complete it to the day of Jesus Christ. And then right. it goes down a couple verses later that we'd be filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God, it's yeah. right there. It's now right. it's all over the place. It's like not trying yeah. to see a VW bug when you're driving down the expressway. Yeah. Oh, there, there's another one, right? Yeah. Uh, um,
1: yeah. So I, I want to read something from John Piper's big work on providence. That looks um, like a pretty good book. It, it, you, it, you must have like, a good friend. Yeah, I do. Thanks for giving it to me, Thad. It's <laughs> like some. It's a seven hundred page book, but it, it really is. I find what I've been writing up so far really easy to read. I mean, Piper. Piper's can get he can get pretty deep sometimes, but it's he. I mean, but he's also just a, such a good, clear preacher, right. right? And so in his writing here, this really is clear. Well, it's interesting that he brings up in this um, a discovery of C.S. Lewis that C.S. Lewis was uncomfortable in reading the Psalms about God wanting praise, and because but he, he was from that human perspective, right? Um, that his diffi- he had difficulty with the praise of God, but it's because. But he talked about valuing what we delight, and that's why I brought up the whole catch. I mean, if we delight in a football catch, Mm -hmm. right, reception that was glorious, what's wrong with valuing God? Shouldn't we value God above all else, right? Uh, But then Piper goes on to talk about this this self-exaltation of God, and he explains it in this way. Shouldn't it be okay to delight in the praise of God and that God himself would delight in it? He says this means that God's um, he talks about we delight to praise what we enjoy because to praise not merely express mere expresses but completes the enjoyment. It, it is its appointed consummation. Mm. To to um, just like the football, game. I mean, we we delighted in it. it. It it brought us joy. Why not talk about it, right? right. So he says this means that God's self exaltation is utterly different from all human self self exaltation when humans exalt themselves, they call attention to something that can never satisfy the people they want to impress themselves. No mere human, no matter how exalted, can be the all-satisfying treasure of another human. Mm. That's why human exaltation is ultimately sin, because it will never satisfy. But God can, right? So he he goes on... um, I'll repeat this nor no mere human no matter how exalted can be all satisfying treasure of another human nor is such satisfaction of others even a typical human motive for self-exaltation for humans self-exaltation is typically a way of getting not giving mm. using people not serving them but it is otherwise with God In exalting himself, that is, in upholding and communicating his glory, God aims to give enjoyment to all who will have him as their supreme treasure. And since praise is the appointed consummation of of such enjoyment, God is not indifferent to our praise. If he aims it at our joy in him, he will aim at our praise, joy's consummation he will not limit our joy by discouraging our praise. Mm. I thought that was really good, yeah. you know, to think about that, right. that. Ultimately, the 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 how is the praising of Jesus to our good, even, uh, because what he does is he redeems us, he reconciles, he actually restores us to our original purpose as image bearers of God. It
0: goes right back. Um, to what we talked about last week, and in His providence, you know, He is the great provider. Yes,
1: yes. right, totally. And it actually, and Pastor Winans, in his sermon this past week, um, that we're recording this on September 27th, so the previous Sunday sermon, um, he talks about. Um, we've been talking about imaging God in terms of imitating Him, and he's talking about imitation as formation. And in doing so, he brought up the idea that actually. In our sin, in our rebellion against God, we are deforming ourselves. He used this word, de- talk about deformation. So when we decide to live according to our own purpose and will, we're actually deforming what it means mm-hmm. to be human. That's what Adam and Eve do in the garment garden in their rebellion in seeking wisdom in their own eyes, not eating from in, tree, in eating from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, as opposed to the tree of life of, of wisdom of God we begin deforming ourselves, because why? In being created in his, God, in his image, we are given the task to be fruitful and multiply and to rule, to have dominion. And that whole notion of ruling and dominion is to the glory of God as we image him, as we rule according to his purposes, as we are in some, in some senses um, kings and queens that are ambassadors to the true king, right? We... Glorify God as we image him, and then we as reflectors of that, we reflect that glory. We get some of that glory because that's what kings and queens do, rulers do. They show the magnificence of what they're doing, um, the magnificence of their kingdom um, by, by setting it right. Right by having just laws and right rules and all these things, that is glory. But that ultimately is to God's glory, and that's what Jesus is reforming in us when he reconciles and, and, re, and redeems us. He's making us again into the image of himself, which is the glory of God. Okay,
0: so this has everything to do with why we need resurrection.
1: Yes! <laughs> Exactly right, and exactly. if you take a
0: look at what it says in First Peter, um, it begins very much the same yeah. as it does in Ephesians. In fact, it would almost be you know identical at the beginning because it talks just like this: it says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, so exact same start, right? Yes, yes, according to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. And then in verse 6, in this you rejoice.
1: Yes, in this we rejoice. It's it's, <laughs> it's it's to God's praise. And in 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 praising God, we get enjoyment because we're becoming again who we were made to be in the first place, right? Um it, it, it's interesting that he, that's part of what Ephesians talks about in the the revealing of the um of this in Ephesians 3 uh verse 16 so in Ephesians we have the in Ephesians 1 right following what we just read in Ephesians 1 Paul breaks out in prayer mm-hmm. right prayer that we would we would um have um the revel the wisdom, spirit of wisdom revelation to know him Jesus who is Doing all this for us, but then again, in, in chapter three, he prays for spiritual strength that we would have that the Spirit would revealed in our inner beings that he would strengthen our inner beings to understand, to have the strength to comprehend the the height and breadth and length and width, the depth, all those things of the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge. Right, um, but in verse sixteen, before that, he says we would be strengthened with power. In our in his inner beings what according to what that according to the riches of his glory <laughs> <laughs> he might <laughs> grant you these things right so it goes back to to the glory which which in Colossians in Colossians 127 we just did our second season on Colossians um all of that but in, he says to them God chose this is to the people of God right he chose to make known which again this is his Plan he mm-hmm. chose beforehand. We know in Ephesians, right? He chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of His glory. <laughs> mm-hmm. Again, the glory um, of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the, the hope, hope of, of glory. glory. <laughs> <All> <laughs> the right? hope of glory. So again, this Christ in us that we're redeemed is is it's our glory. It's it's to his, the hope of glory to Him, which. Um, if we go to Romans 8,
0: <laughs> which is boy. all tied together <laughs> here,
1: but again, this is why predestination is so much bigger than just God knowing things ahead of time, right? It's right. his plan, his plan for the glory, the glory of humans, which ultimately is his glory, which we are redeemed in Christ. So here we have it in, in Romans 8. Now, in Romans 8, um, we, we see, we'll, we'll jump back a little bit later, but again, creation's crying out, Right. Um, verse 18, I consider the sufferings of this present time because tied back in here, the Spirit is bearing witness to our spirit. And if we're children, we're heirs. And if we're heirs, we're going to suffer just like Christ suffered, right? Mm-hmm. Because in, for, in order for us to be glorified with him, we suffer with him. So, so part of our part of this glory, right, is suffering with Christ. Christ, the plan of God was that God, that Christ would suffer, and it's in his suffering that he gets glory because he's redeeming us. All this, you know, and in the and while all all this is backdrop to the fact that creation's crying out. You know, to be redeemed itself because this why because because mankind has rebelled against God and is not ruling his creation as it should. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so so that's making so creation subjected to futility. Verse twenty, not willingly because of him who subjected it. Who subjected? It? Well, ultimately God, but he did it through mankind's rebellion, right? Mm, right, and so, um, so they're crying out. To be released from this bondage to corruption to obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. So the freedom of creation is tied to the glory of the children of God who have to be redeemed uh-huh. in Jesus Christ, right? right. I mean, it, it's all tying together here. So verse 26, um, uh, we're hoping in this path. We're hoping for all this to be done. And the Spirit is helping us. Um, um Because we don't know what to pray for as we ought the Spirit intercedes for us with groanings too deep deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit. The mind of the Spirit is in accordance with the will of God which he foreordained. We know he predestined as Ephesians 1 tells before the beginning of the world. All this is tied up in this. Um, The Spirit knows the mind of, of God. And he's interceding for the saints according to what the will of God, what's the will of God that all things be redeemed in Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. Um, And so here we have this predestination coming up here within these verses, um, which again is all tied to the glory of God, all part of his plan, which creation's wrapped up in, which we've talked about. Verse 28, and we know that those who love God, all things work together for the good. We talked about this last time in terms of God's providence, Right. For those who are called according to his purpose, for those whom he foreknew, he also predestined. Now, what did he predestine? He predestined them to be us, to be conformed. Wait. So his predestination just wasn't about what I choose to do each day, or this or that, or no. He predestined us to be conformed, to the image of his Son in order that he might be the firstborn among many brothers. Oh, you talked about resurrection, <laughs> right? Jesus, the firstborn among many others. He, that We're going to be born again, that we're born again in him, to mm-hmm. be conformed to the image of his Son, that those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. So yes, we are glorified, but we're all Doing it because we're conforming to the image of his son. Why do we need to be conformed to the image of his son? Well, who is the son? He's the Messiah, he's the Son of Man, the Son of Man who's going to rule, who does rule the nations, right? Who's Ephesians 1 tells us he's he's been raised, right, to the right hand of God. Mm -hmm. He's seated at the right hand of God where he's ruling. Wait, Ephesians 2 tells us that we're raised and we're seated with him, so we must be ruling with him as the church, right? Well, Ephesians 1, he's the head of the church. Um, what's, what's our predestination all about? To be conformed to the image of his son, because predestination is ultimately about the plan of God to redeem all things in Jesus. That This whole predestination was about Jesus' redemption. We participate in that redemption through faith in him. We're conformed to his image we're working out our salvation with fear and trembling. We're becoming like him. Back to the whole, de- we were deformed, as Pastor Winans talked about, but we're being reformed in Jesus. Why? To rule, to be ambassadors, back to the place we lost in in, in creation where we rebelled against God. We're, we're being brought back to that so that creation will, will see the hope of glory in us as we're brought back in to become children of yeah. God. Huh. Wait, 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 wait. I'm just talking in circles here. Oh, yes, I am. Why? Because the plan is all about Jesus and his glory, which is being reformed in us to be the glory of God again as his children. Oh, so predestination is about the glory of God.
0: (laughs) It's it's all about the glory of God. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So why do I get excited about this? Um, I get excited about it because predestination should invoke not confusion or uncomfortableness, but actually, it is there and given to evoke praise. That this doctrine is there that we would have assurance assurance of God's finished work in Jesus. Mm which gives us confidence to praise God and to get about doing his work again. <laughs> right? It's not there in, in, the, in the ultra wrong-headed, the, the, some Calvinists who take it the wrong way into the frozen chosen, well, it doesn't matter what I do because God's got it all under control kind of thing. No, it's there again to evoke praise and evoke mission in us, the mission of God, which is that the world should know that his son Jesus has delivered us from sin, been raised uh, in his death, and shown that he is victorious over sin, death, and evil, right? Um, And and then out of that, we live not in the confidence of our will or our ability or our goodness, but no confidence in the, the finished work of Jesus that he's producing that in us, so that we would be to the praise of his glory living out of those purposes in how I reform my own life ethically, morally, but also how I reform my own life in terms of mission and purpose, and I reform my life in terms of being about the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? Um, so, uh, so we can be a people, as Peter talks about, right? Right. That that are doing this. So so let me ask you, Thad, when you get up in the morning and think about what God has for you in the day and in his life, that what you're about, um, how does this assurance, this confidence in Jesus, not in Thad, help you out? Let's get practical here. Um, because theology is always supposed to be immensely practical in our life. Um how does that help shape what you do moment by moment, day by day, hour by hour, all those things?
0: Well, as I go, you always ask questions that I'm not prepared for, <laughs> I like, which is great. But uh, so honestly, the first thing that I think of when I wake up is um, like, good morning, Lord, thanks for the breath of my lungs, mm. right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's right. it starts... With the first, you know, conscious breath that I take, uh, it continues through the shower and uh, and and the whole time. And it doesn't. Sometimes it's not even about being purposeful in prayer and trying to lay out, you know, a a prayer. Mm -hmm. But just just living and meditating on who God is according to His Word um, guides and directs me in such a manner that, with the understanding of what he has done and promised to do yeah. and those whom he has called, which we just right. read, right? It was yeah. To those who are the called, that's a direct right. article in front of there. There's a particular people. Um, and for whatever reason, no good within myself, he's called me and he's regenerated me, given me new birth, right? That I have assurance to walk throughout my day knowing that I can't mess it up for him. I can't, yeah. I can't mess it up eternally for myself, right. right? And so that gives me confidence and a love that overwhelmingly wants right. to serve.
1: Yeah, and so and I can be a witness no matter what comes my this this way my day. So so if let's let's say one of your biggest accounts for your business comes to you and says, "Thad, I'm going elsewhere today. I'm, I'm taking my business elsewhere." Right? It's going to be a gut punch, right? But at the same time, it doesn't. That in and of itself doesn't change who he, he made you to be that day, right, right? Right. It's a big gut punch, but it doesn't but you know I'm still to the praise of his glory because Jesus has redeemed me and and he's gonna take care of it in some way, right? And I can still I can still be gracious and be a witness to Christ, even to that customer who who I'm gonna regret losing, but but Jesus is is still with me despite all that, right? Right.
0: right. Um yeah, absolutely, and in in that very circumstance has happened, and it happens time and time again through right. the business world, and and whatever you are, um, right. good news comes, bad news comes, and yeah. when your perspective is that uh, God is the sustainer and right. the provider of all things, um, I'm not worthy of earning a single dollar, <laughs> you know, in my own goodness, because because yeah. there is none, right? right? It's only in Christ, and every. Good gift as a blessing, yeah, right. And so when when you're conscious of that, which um, I I I I'm not even gonna say that I try to be; I just am because I know who I am in Christ. Yeah. You know that I can have, um, uh, and it's not even just about um, so much a mental attitude as it is right. about the realization of who we are in Christ.
1: Yeah, and so whatever the, what let's say you know, there's a weather emergency. You know we we've. Recently, we had a bunch of people lose power because of a storm. You know, um, we can we can absorb those things, um, not just because maybe we have money in Livingston County or we have ways. You know, we have backup plans. We have a generator. We have this or we have that. But ultimately, because even if my generator doesn't work, God's still you know here. Um, He's still saved me in Jesus. I'm still up with His family. If He takes my life today, right? I have hope because of the resurrection. Because of God's. Plan, uh, you know, uh, we have a confidence that we can live by. That do I still get anxiety? Do I still have? Yeah, I sure, but I always have a place to go in this because God is in Christ. Um, this assurance and this hope that we we, we read here in, in in Romans eight, right, is is so much bigger than whatever that comes that day, right? Um, I think, too, of, uh, you know, some things even bigger than business being lost or things like that. We think about family members. Right, sure. Right? Do they know Christ or don't they? And so um, we think about family members who are making some very bad choices or friends who have gotten in some serious trouble um, or despair because of these things. And the question I have to ask is, you know, are they part of God's plan ultimately where my heart goes? But I, I in this, if, if all things are the praise of his glory, then one of the issues that comes in is do I trust God's goodness in all these things too, right? that God in his purposes decided to give all things glory to Jesus. And so if there's a someone I love deeply, but they're not giving glory to Christ? It can grieve me, but ultimately I see, If they're not, if if that's not being displayed, then God's goodness is not being displayed. And I can, even though I I grieve it, I can still accept it, because ultimately, it is about the praise and glory of God. It is. It goes right right? back
0: to verse 28 that you read, which is, again, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose. And if you realize that all things are working together for good for you, that doesn't mean that all things that happen to you are good. I mean, (laughs) right? It's just that they're working together for good because God in his providence, in his plan for your life Mm -hmm. as a believer in him, you can take joy in your trials, in your persecutions, as Paul talked about. Why? Because when he's weak, yeah. You know, you know. Right. Then the sh- the strength of Christ shines in him. Right. And so, I think as we go um, and continue in this message next next time um, on predestination and even getting into election, right. um, we are going to discover that more and more that all of this is about the love of God for us as children. Yes. Right. Yes. And so that plan, when when you realize um, what He's done for us. And also that coupled with the realization. So there's the theology, the study of who God is, but there's also the anthropology, which is a study of man and who we are. And what does it say about us that we are depraved, right? We have no righteousness within ourselves to make really a good decision unless God gives us that ability. And we're going to find all that out as we move through this topic. And and it's going to be, again, um, whatever is... A joy in our life is going to go to the to the glory yeah, of God, right. and it goes right back to where you yeah, started. Yeah, and as
1: we get into that next week, we we deal with this difficulty with with humanity is that, you know, do people want to give praise to God? Do people want to give praise to God through Jesus Christ? That's the sticking point. Often. Because there are a lot of religions out there who say, yeah, we want to give praise to God. But they don't want to do it through Jesus Christ. Right? There are deists out there who, who want to acknowledge God. Yeah, and God we trust on the back of our on the back of our dollar bills, right? right? Mm-hmm. But do we want to bring up Jesus? It seems to be that when it comes to predestination, God's plan for his creation from the beginning of time, before he ever. Said a word to bring light into existence or anything else into existence. His plan was that it would be all glory would give, be given to him through Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, if people have trouble with that, which I think is the ultimate sticking point in in, in for humanity, right? Is for Jews of our day, right? Who, who say they want to give praise to Yahweh, but they don't want to acknowledge Jesus Christ, then we're outside of the plan. We're outside of God's predetermined, thoughtful, willful, the one who's, who we believe to be all good in all things, right? His thoughtful, purposeful, willful plan centers on Jesus mm-hmm. Christ. And if, if you out there are listening to this and you're denying that in some way, beware. If you have a friend or a relative you you know doesn't know Jesus, tell them. Because it all hinges, this whole thing. The, the glory of humanity, which is the reflection of the glory of God, the crying out of all creation to want all things to be set right, it hinges on Jesus. And if, if you don't acknowledge that, if you're not proclaiming that to others, now we need to do it in winsome, loving, merciful ways that God himself does it. But the point is, if we, you know, Paul says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. If we, if we don't bring Jesus to bear in everything, then we're not in God's plan. Mm-hmm. And so we strongly encourage you, you want to give all praise and glory to God? You want your life to be about his purpose and his will? Be his ambassador. We are ambassadors of Christ. We have to, we must, if you want to praise God, you must speak of Jesus. So please, we encourage you, we beg you, right? For God's glory and for your good, tell about Jesus. And we'll get into that more next time as we talk about his electing purposes in Christ for his people. Come back next time. This is Planet Podcast. Thanks for joining us.
0: Sounds good. Have a good day, everybody. join us next time as we dig deeper still and investigate more scriptures that define this doctrine of predestination planet is a cornerstone epc production connecting to god one another and the world through the love of jesus more information can be found at cornerstonebrighton.com